Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello and welcome to Headliners, your first look at tomorrow's papers. I'm Mark Dolan and joining me tonight are the elite of the UK comedy circuit, Sajila Kershi and Jonathan Cogan. Uh, great to have both of you with me. I think we can all agree as British people that it is too bloody hot now. It's too, too hot. We've had a day of it and it's time to move on. Yes, it's time to get the wintry bits in there now. I mean, Why I need a bit is it breeze. so hot? Is it Labour's fault or is it Brexit? It's one I of the two. I don't know. Okay. It could be a right-wing thing. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. Really if we were in the EU, would it be like, would the temperatures be more manageable? I don't well, they'd know. they'd be in Fahrenheit, wouldn't they, or some ridiculous... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Some made-up yes. one. The metric would be different. Well, look, we've cranked up the aircon to 11 and uh, lots of great stories to get through. But let's start with a first look at all of tomorrow's front pages. And let's start with the Daily Mail, who are leading with this. Will's grief and anger over Harry. Prince William is mourning the collapse of his relationship with his brother, Harry. This according to uh, William's friends in an exclusive by Rebecca English, the royal editor of The Mail. The extent of the explosive rift is exposed in Daily Mail interviews with sources who know William intimately, they say relations between the once close brothers are still at rock bottom with little chance of improvement in the near future. Also, great photograph of Kate Middleton, the Duchess of Cambridge, in a polka dot dress at Royal Ascot in parallel with the late great Princess Diana, also dressed in polka dot in 1988. Strong parallels between both women, of course, both very emotionally and intimately connected to William for different reasons. Okay, where shall we head next? Okay, let's have a look at the Telegraph now. We must not bow to the strikers, say the Treasury. Giving in to pay demands will lead to more walkouts and make inflation worse. Spotted at Royal Ascot. There you go, uh, William and Kate once again looking very grand. Patel attacks scandalous European Court of Human Rights decision to block the Rwanda plan. The independent next health warning over sweltering heat and refugees in the UK to be tagged like criminals. Meanwhile, The Guardian schools, pools and libraries face massive cuts. And PM accused of showing total contempt for the North with his spontaneous trip to Ukraine. Okay, uh, next up, well, let's go to the FT weekend. Rate rises send global stocks diving. And the mirror now. Maca bans in the USSR. That's not a great headline, is it? It's not a pun or anything. It doesn't <laughs> scan. Uh, but it's about the fact that Sir Paul McCartney has axed the Beatles song USSR or back in the USSR from his live shows in protest at Vladimir Putin invading Ukraine. Uh, Daily Express now. Save summer. Work longer to fix flight, flight chaos. Minister urges airport staff to be more productive in the run up to holiday season. 
And the star, by royal doctor's appointment, we are not amused. Queen's Jubilee sparks 43% rise in COVID cases. There you go, revellers doing their bit for herd immunity. And those are your front pages. We start with the top story from Saturday's Guardian and at the worst possible time, swimming pools under threat. Sajila, say it isn't so. It is so. It says so in the Guardian, so it must be true. So the schools and libraries are facing huge cuts after soaring um, costs create a 1.7 billion shortfall. Um, and of course, um, things like school building projects, swimming pools, or in some cases, swimming pools in schools that are not going to get made now. Uh, libraries, libraries, they're attacking the libraries, they're coming for the libraries But does as well. anyone use libraries? I do. What, just to do your CV, right? No. I mean, you don't read books or anything. I, I, no, I go to the library because it's opposite the theatre that I use. So why not just have a quick little wonder? Because it's like, oh, do you remember oh, the... Oh, is that right? So when you're early for the theatre, you pop over to yeah, the library? Yeah, just the library, yeah. Just have a little look in there. And you realise that, the that, that plays out as a very middle-class day you're having. Do you go to, <laughs> do you go to Waitrose in between? No, we don't have to Waitrose. Couscous. You, know what? you know I'm a Lidl's girl and a yellow sticker girl, so, uh, yeah, keeping it real. I'm still Sir on the um, Rygate block. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you think, uh, Jonathan? Uh, go figure. We shut the economy down for two years. The country's broke. Public services will suffer. That's the law of unintended consequences. There's mm. been this um, delay and now we're all feeling it. I think it's... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've only just discovered a local swimming pool near me in Crouch End. It's lovely. And I've only been twice. And to hear that that might be shutting down is basically ruined my whole week. I yeah. just thought maybe the cuts means that they'll cut that stuff they put in the swimming pool. So if you wee, Glory. someone... Or the blue you, stuff. Yeah, maybe oh. they can't afford that anymore. So now the wee will be visible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you'll, you'll get found out. You'll get found out. These are the cuts that we're having to face with people. Well, the thing is, that happens to me in the pool, but that's because I'm 48 and have a weak bladder. <laughs> Don't judge me. Don't mock the old. Don't mock the old. And it feels nice. Uh, swimming pools are an important public resource, though, mm, aren't they? they? Are. I mean, I think we can debate libraries because I think their role is changing. But we want kids, and in fact, we want everybody mm. in our society mm. swimming and enjoying good health. Yeah, and also, you know, all the facilities, I mean, I'm joking about it, but all the facilities that schools provide as well, mm. they're really important for our kids too. So it's a real shame. I mean, they're saying that, um, you know, when you ask the government spokesman, they're saying, oh, but, you know, an extra 3.7 billion has been given to all the councils. But actually, when you spread that out across England, I don't know why that person speaks like that, but they do. Uh, they, they, they all sound like that. They all sound like oh, their jobs where can't, no, computer says, no, we cannot do this. Yeah, £3.7 million is not going to go very far across the whole of England. So, you know, that's actually when you, it's, 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 it's not, not really doing much for the levelling up. Well, it's not. And actually, I think in some ways this story is a smokescreen because... Uh, UK swimming pool provision has always been pathetic by comparison to the likes of France, Australia and America. We have never had enough swimming pools in this country. And now, by the looks of it, we will have fewer. Let's go to Saturday's Times and Boris Johnson's surprise visit to Ukraine, Jonathan. Yes, indeed. So Boris Johnson offers training to thousands of Ukrainian troops. So in a fresh show of support... He's not training them, is he? Because he's really unfit. Maybe in rugby tackles? I don't know. He's pretty good at those. Um, so Boris Johnson uh, was now back in the Ukraine capital today to discuss military support with President Zelensky. Uh, and he has said um, he's increasingly concerned that European allies, including Germany and France, will attempt to pressure Zelensky into accepting a bad peace deal. 
Uh, it's not like the French to give up so quickly. And um, well, during <laughs> right in during today's meeting, Johnson offered to launch a major training operation for the Ukrainian army, saying that Britain could train 10,000 soldiers every 120 days. Now that sounds like a real sort of commitment to the cause. Mm. I mean, you know, 10,000 soldiers trained that could really maybe turn the tide in this thing. It does sound like it's uh, he's really sort of committed to it. Um, but yeah, it just. Although, are you, are you curious about the timing of this, Jonathan, given the fact that he was supposed to head up to the north of England and talk about levelling up? Do you think it was a snub? Well, it, it could be perceived that way, but also, uh, this guy, whenever he's in political trouble, he right. goes to Ukraine, <laughs> yeah. where he gets to be Winston Churchill, he gets to be a war hero. No. It's a bit like when I'm in trouble with Mrs Dolan, I go to, well, I go to the all-night garage. Right. <laughs> right? And I buy cheap flowers, yeah. uh, maybe oh, a dairy box chocolates, yeah. a bottle of Jacob's Creek. I thought the all-night garage was a club. <laughs> no, no, <it's> not. <laughs> yeah. Oxford Landing fixes everything. Uh, but, I mean, it, it does feel slightly like a political stunt, doesn't it, Sajila, that, you know, when he's in trouble, I'll, I'll go off to, to oh. Ukraine and, and then I'm a hero again. Do you know, do you know uh, you're absolutely spot on. That's exactly what I think. And they, these secret meetings, they're never quite secret, but he always lets us know, doesn't he? Mm. And, like, um, why can't these meetings be done on team? You know, or Zoom, or, 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 you know, did he fly? I mean, he's flying, that's going to cost a lot of money and that's going to be not good for the environment. Eurostar it, or did he, did he megabus it? I don't know, how did he get there? But yeah, you know, I definitely... I don't think Ryanair jets carry enough I do fuel. think he's going with the hero thing, I absolutely agree with you. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, he's showing support by uh, fast-tracking Ukrainian refugees. Well, they, they weren't fast-tracked, only if you were the woman who basically copped off the guy that she stayed with. Do you remember that story? Yes, yes I do. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. yeah. What a hussy. Which uh, will, be, will be turned into a romantic comedy starring Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> it and, will. <laughs> and um, trying to think of the other person. It'll probably be... Will Ferrell. Well, yeah, that could mm. be. Yes. Owen Wilson. No, Will no, Ferrell, because it has to be eyes. someone not too attractive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> at first they don't get on, and then suddenly it's like, right, come into my bedroom. Yeah. And I'll show you what support for a refugee looks like. Um, so, Gila, uh, let's head over now to The Sun. And the Julian Assange saga may be edging to a conclusion. Um, I'm kind of disappointed it's ending because I finally worked out how to pronounce his name. Hmm. And I love his name, Julian Assange. It's very sexy. Um, so, uh, OK, so Pretty Patel loves to send people to other countries and uh, she's doing it again because she's won the High Court um, ruling, basically, to extradite Julian Assange. Um, and I was looking at the timeline of all the stuff that he's been up to since 2010. My God, it, re it, it, it you're talking about it being a film being made. Julian Assange, that has got to be a film. Yeah. Who's got the whitest, whitest hair that could play him? Yeah, there's a question. Uh, maybe maybe the guy... Um, Chris Evans? Well, I was thinking... Uh, well, Chris Evans, and you don't mean the TV He's presenter. He's not oh, yeah. white hair. You mean the Hollywood actor? Oh, no, I meant the TV... I meant the, Did you? Yeah, the white-haired... <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Friday. he has gone quite great, hasn't yeah. he? Has he? Oh, Chris. Oh. Yeah, he's a silver fox now. Or uh, you've got um, you've got Christopher Walken. It's always yeah. good for uh, your kind of mysterious characters. But but what can you remind our audience why exactly he's such a controversial figure? Okay, so he he obviously um, uh, did own uh, WikiLeaks and he leaked information that was given to him by uh, who's now Chelsea Manning. Um, interestingly. This, this, this kind of thing where you would say that you're all, you know, now, now transitioning to be a woman started with Channing, um, no, not Manning, what's it? 
Chelsea okay. Manning, Chelsea, Chelsea Manning. Manning. Yeah, Chelsea Manning, because... I hadn't made that connection. Yeah, yeah, because at the time we thought it was just like a red herring to stop people sort of blaming them for yeah. doing what they did. But anyway, so they leaked like information about the war, uh, loads of papers, and apparently in places in America that that could come with a death sentence. Wow. And then he was later on accused of, of rape and sexual... In uh, uh, yeah, in yeah. Sweden. Which and many then, people think was a smokescreen. Yeah, but then the, the odd thing is, why didn't that carry on? Because then they stopped it, then carried on, stopped it, carried on. And it just, if you read the timeline alone, that is a plot for a film. I'm torn about this guy because on mm. the one hand, I am very militantly pro-free speech. And if he wants to unearth information and share it with the public, then good on him. On the other hand, this is sensitive material which has national security implications mm. and therefore lock him up and throw away the key. But I can't decide which, uh, which, uh, which position is the right one. Well, uh, the fact he's Kogan, so... fancy rolling the dice on this one? Well, I remember when I was at uni and I was first hearing about this, I was like massively in favour of him. But also, I don't trust anything I thought at uni, though I think I was a bit of a cretin. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, like you, I'm conflicted. I think, like you say, if he's serving the public by releasing information that we need to know, absolute hero, if he's then, you know, crossing that line where he's said things that do put people in danger and stuff like that, it, it's tricky. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say, let him go. Has, he, has he been thrown under the bus, Sajila, by the British government? Um, I think so. I mean, I don't know why we couldn't keep him here. Um, and why do we have to... But the fact that he's so adamant he doesn't return, want to return to America. Now, they're saying that he's got all the things, you know, the, the human rights, like, you know, he'll have, like, a, free, uh, um, a fair trial, um, you know, uh, he'll be treated well. But he's convinced, and I'm sure that I didn't imagine this, but I've read somewhere that he, here his wife saying he's going to kill himself if you send him back. But him saying, if I die in prison, you'll know that it's the, you know, the authorities that have Blimey. killed me. I guess that's... Or did I see that in a film? Uh, probably. I thought that was as this is to this actually happened, but... Usual I, you know. suspects. Huh? Usual suspects, yeah. And then he walked out. No, but I really think that he's... The fact that he's so scared, there must be something in it. I've got a couple more for you before the break. Uh, let's head to this story, Saturday's Times Now, and shenanigans unbecoming of the crown among our troops, Jonathan. That's right, it's a good old-fashioned orgy story. So paratroops banned from deployment over orgy filmed at Merville Barracks. So hundreds of paratroops have been banned from deployment to the Balklands as punishment after video served, uh, surfaced of an orgy taking place at a military barracks. This is very exciting stuff. Um, it emerged this month that eight paratroops have been placed under police investigation after being filmed having a consensual, I should add, orgy with a civilian woman. Um, <clears throat> so the Royal Military Police were called in after sex tapes were circulated showing the woman having sex with the men um, as dozens of others watched on and apparently it was eight men and apparently they snuck her in as many as 31 times in five months. So this woman had potentially eight man orgies 31 times in five months so I think we need to give this lady a medal and possibly a bank holiday after her for servicing the country. Yes, I mean, the boys got their barracks out. They did, they did. Helmets were produced. <laughs> so Weapons I'm, were un, uh, unveiled. Unloaded? <laughs> yes, unloaded. There we go. Crumbs. Sajida, uh, I, I mean... I have a completely different take on this. Um, uh, uh, firstly, they're not going to be allowed to go. They're being punished. And I'm wondering mm. if they're being punished because they're going to be training the soldiers that... Boris wants to train, you know, the Ukrainians, but also... Um, is That's it what an... happens after the training. Yeah. Well, is, is it an orgy when it's one woman 
Um, it's not and a they good say it's, yeah, they say it's an, you know they say it's consensual, but whether she was a prostitute or not, mm. it's very denigrating and de degrading to women. It's so hardly respectful, mm. and um, I, I it's just completely seedy. Uh, and I'm just always really this this doesn't this 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 you know. What I know you're trying reversed. to make a comical no, take. No, 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 on what this, what but... if it was reversed? What if it was one guy who went to a, a female military barracks and had a, a nine person orgy with eight women? Have you ever imagined being that guy, Jonathan? I've seen many videos of, in similar circumstances. Have you spent all afternoon thinking about that possibility? No, I've got some drawings of it. Okay. <laughs> but no, I mean, look, I mean, maybe Sajila raises a point that, that we're told this is consent, but actually, given the wildly unequal dynamic at play, it's a really bad thing that happened. Even hookers bring friends. I'm just saying. That's too more. much knowledge there, Sajila. <laughs> Well, I've last time I called the hotline. Yeah, I've always I've had you down as a bit of a madam, but not in that way. Who I'd knew? make a really good madam, I think. I think you'd be very... Well, your bookkeeping would be excellent. <laughs> Putting out sandwiches, little finger buffet. I'm sure you'd be very hospitable. Uh, let's move on now to Saturday's Times. And somewhat aptly, the church is asking for forgiveness, Jonathan. Uh, that is right. So the um, Archbishop of Canterbury is deeply sorry, as the report finds church profited from, profited from slavery. So not a not good press for the Church of England today. Um, so the Archbishop of Canterbury has said he is deeply sorry after an investigation found the Church of England had actively supported and profited from slavery during the 18th century. Yes. Um, he said that this revelation was a moment for lament, uh, repentance and restorative action uh, after an interim report found that the church had made large profits from the shameful and horrific sin of slavery. Really sort of unpleasant historical stuff coming to the surface. Um, so basically the church's 10.1 billion pounds of assets managed by the church commissioner can be traced back to Queen Anne's bounty founded in 1704 as a fund for poor priests. And now this, um, this bounty, Queen Anne's bounty, had linked with transatlantic uh, chattel slavery. Uh, in 18th century, it invested significant amounts of its funds in the South Sea Company, a company that traded in enslaved people. So really there are horrible connections here. And all this money has been made, and the question is, what happens next? Okay, but here's the thing, Sajila, yeah. slavery, the most evil thing ever. Uh, it dominated the world economy for centuries. Mm -hmm. Enough already with the apologies. Well, I wonder, is it the Archbishop of Canterbury that was getting involved in all the Rwanda stuff? So I just wonder if this filth, this dirt on them, on the church, has come out as a little, hmm, well, we'll teach you to get involved in our politics. Just wondering. Yeah, well, it's important that we ask those questions, Sajila. <laughs> I like it. We enjoy a questioning, cynical air. Welcome back to Headliners, a first look at tomorrow's papers with me, Mark Dolan, tonight with the elite comedy double act of Sajila Kershi and Jonathan Kogan. And now let's crack on with our next <laughs> stories. This one is from the Daily Mail. And Sajila, when will this madness end? We're when? Talk about hormones and kids, when? right? When, 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 when? This is just, just, just keeps going on. Gift that keeps giving. So, children aged 14 who question their gender should be giving irreversible cross-sex hormones and girls as young as 15 should be allowed breast removal surgery, says a global trans organisation. Wow. OK, so... Um, 
The age of sexual consent in this country is 16. The age of illegally being able to drink alcohol is 18. And we were recently covering a story where they're thinking of bringing the age of smoking to 21. However, somehow it's okay to lower the age to 14, they're also saying in this, uh, to anyone who's thinking of becoming a trans. Um, and uh, this, is, this is by the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. Health, I say that loosely because, mm, are they really worried about health? So, WPATH, for short, and it's based in the United States, of course it is, and saying that the girls as young as 15 should be allowed to undergo breast removal. Now, this is a reversible, like, surgery. So, all this treatment is reversible. What they haven't taken into account is that at that age, you can be confused about your sexuality. So, it may not nothing to be in trans. It may be just that you are gay, you're lesbian, you know, you're just confusing your body. And should we not let our children grow a little bit and then, and, and, and actually, I mean, it shocking. could be a phase, couldn't it? Yeah, sorry? Uh, it could be a phase. It could be a phase. Which I, had is a, a I had a really short gay phase, 1997 to, I don't know, 2015. It was just, it was, you know, it went like in the eye of the storm. But this is the issue is that young kids are going to get misdiagnosed yeah. because maybe they're a little camp. And yeah. that could just be that their nature, their effete, but they're not necessarily in the wrong body. No, absolutely. Now, there, there is something I remember studying at university and mm. it's a thing called Imagine Community by Benedict Anderson. And he, he did it in 1993 in a book called Imagine Communities to Analyse uh, Nationalism. So what it is, is where a group of individuals who've never met each other, never come across each other, but they all self-identify under a shared community identity. Mm. And I think that is what's happening with this whole kind of, um, you know, all kids wanting to be trans, everyone wants to be trans. So you you know, it's in the media all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's in the media, yeah. it's everywhere. And it's what happened with the like Islamic extremists, like people like who saw, you know, and, and the book burning of Salman Rushdie. I remember, for, you know, doing a whole report on this. And uh, it was actually only four or five, the photo was cropped. But then everybody saw it globally and thought, well, that's what we've got to do. It's this kind of like mob mentality almost. And it's really hypnotic. And because we've got social media, of course, it's a lot easier to do this. I just and so anyway, there's a, there's a guy called David Bell who basically wrote a whistleblowing report into the NHS Gender Identity Development Service, and um, he he basically said there's no evidence whatsoever to support these claims made by Wapath. You know, do not lower age and, and do not let your children convince you to have these operations or this treatment until they're old enough to know what they're doing. Well, and 18 would be the natural threshold, yes. wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, it, it seems like Do a... Do you feel a, differently? A, you're younger. No, I, I, I share, your, share your views on this. Well, you're, you're in mean, full disclosure, yes. Jonathan's on medication to become a man, so I think that's... Yes, yeah, I've not <laughs> been able to grow... It's only it, fair to, to yeah. point that out. I don't know It's not going well, is it? My mum just puts a medication in my cereal every morning. I just take what I'm given. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, OK, just to play devil's advocate here, this is not necessarily what I think, but there are going to be some people who transition and they're absolutely better off for it. They, they may live happy lives and, you know, they, they now feel like their body represents who they are on the inside. That being said, there, if there are people who are going to benefit from it, there are also people who regret it. And it's, you know, it's, it's a permanent change. Mm. So like you say, it is, it's a very risky thing to put people through life-altering life surgery and non-reversible hormones. And yeah, it can, I can see it being mm. very There is an exception to the rule that I think with it's an intersex, which is basically you're born with, yeah, you're born like with male, like maybe, say if you're uh, born a girl, but you've got male 
um, uh, organ like reproductive. And that's like a biological like, yeah, freak, fun, isn't yeah, it? Bit, yeah, and that's like a third. We call it in India, Pakistan, a third, third sex, right? So oh. then that is obviously understandable because you feel like you're in the wrong body. Of course. But you also have. But that's yeah, microscopically rare, that's isn't it? Very, very rare. Yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, really important. I always uh, enjoy hearing your thoughts on that, Sajila. I know that uh, that topic's not going to go away. Let's move on now to Saturday's Telegraph. And staying on the topic, women's sport is under real threat yes. from this looming trans agenda. Jonathan, tell uh, me more. Yeah, here we are again. So the SNP trans reforms will deny female athletes medals, Olympians warn. Uh, so Scottish female athletes will lose out on medals because of Nicola Sturgeon's transgender reforms former Olympians have warned. Um, so a couple of um, former Olympic athletes, uh, Sharon Davis and Mara Yamauchi, uh, the ex-runner on Thursday told... Um, so basically they've given their concerns about the impact um, that allowing people to change their sex legally by signing a declaration, that the effect that's going to have on uh, sporting fairness. Um, the pair, so these pair of athletes warned that women's sport was already at risk of being ruined by male-bodied athletes competing in female categories and said that a state-backed endorsement for the concept of self-identification would only make matters worse. So there's a real concern here from these athletes that by uh, biological men being able to self-ID as women, they're then just going to completely clean up and get all the medals. And they don't think it's going to be fair. And not only that, there are a lot of people are afraid of speaking out against it because they're worried about being labelled uh, transphobe or they may lose endorsements and stuff like that. So it kind of seems like they're these female athletes are in quite a tough position because, you know, you may want to be inclusive, but at the same time, mm. they're going to be losing opportunities to biological males. Mm. Um, so, yeah. It's, I uh, was just thinking, like, so we're at school sports day um, and you had to do the mum's races, which I normally came last in. Mm. I should have identified as a five-year-old and done the five-year-old races. But I'll still come last. I still come last, yeah. yes. I, I mean, there is no end to this. <laughs> uh, the, they've recently published the shortlist of best women's fiction can't remember if it's Virago, but there's an award for women's mm. fiction. Could male writers who identify as female now enter that particular competition? Oh, well, they've been identifying as women writers for years, haven't they? Or the men, men have been identifying as women writers for years. So that was like, but that was a Sudium thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know. It, it, it is, it, I, don't, I don't know where this, uh, where will it all end? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you'll, be, you'll be pushing back against most of it, I guess, Sajila. I have to say, I probably will. But then on the other side, I do do think we've got to be careful that this doesn't lead to trans, real transphobia. Do you know mm. what I mean? I really don't. Well, I, I think attacks on on trans people are up eighty percent in Scotland. And I think it's down but to this. I think it is down down to this overreach of the overplaying of the hand by the extreme trans ideologue ideologues. Mm. Uh, the ideal lodge is is a, the lodge. The lodge is a lovely place to say. The ideal lodge is a two star hotel in in Birmingham. <laughs> They always look after me there. <laughs> Vibrating bed and room service. Now, Saturday's sun, and depending on your perspective, this next teacher is either the greatest or the worst in your school. So, Gila, it's about to get sexy. Oh, well, this actually sounds a little bit something like from um, the prime of Miss Jean Brodie. Do you remember that? Of course I do. Uh, yeah, so it's a sack teacher who let pupils as young as 15 pose topless brazenly insists that she's done nothing wrong and says it's just art. So basically, um, a teacher who's quite right on, Miss Emma Wright, she's 41, she was fired for and, and banned from teaching for two years. So they don't think it's like massively serious, but they still think there was a safeguarding um, issue. Mm. So she basically um, invited uh, a, a photographer 
into the school who specialised in suggestive poses to talk to students without telling the parents or the teachers. So she's obviously like a cool teacher. The kids probably love her. And then the teens started posing with their hands inside their underwear or poses which simulated masturbation. So quite sort of, you know, raunchy poses for, for like schoolgirls, basically. Um, and uh, she, 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 you know, they basically think that she, she shouldn't have done that. It is probably the wrong thing to do. And you're saying it's depending on what, what way you look at it. Um, you've got to remember that 15-year-old girls, I remember when I was like 15, that I don't think they needed any coercion, but ever she was the adult too. Mm. But on a, on a flip side, she works now in a care home. And I'm just thinking, I bet she gets the pensioners to go and get their kit off now as well and, and take photos You're of themselves. Right. Yeah. It's, it's going to be like the full Monty or yeah. calendar girls. Yeah, calendar girls, like just getting them all to get naked in the old people's home. Put it away, dear. <laughs> One lump or two. <laughs> I mean, she... I mean, it, it does seem inappropriate for girls that young to be posing in sexy, kind of semi-topless, like, um, you know... Oh, it's live TV, folks. My mic fell out of my pocket. Uh, well, look, you've been cut <laughs> off in your, in your prime. You never want that to happen. You, got, you found that very scintillating, that story, didn't you? I, it just fell out of my pocket for no reason. It just happened. Is that, is that a, a microphone in your pocket? pocket or are load. Or are you just <laughs> pleased to be on national TV? Uh, moving swiftly on... To spare your blushes, um, Saturday's Guardian and the billionaire rapper, rapper Jay-Z has opened a school in his hometown project to improve social mobility. I'm assuming it's a plumbing or carpentry school of some sort, John. Uh, it's not quite. So this story in The Guardian, uh, Jay-Z's Bitcoin school met with scepticism. Bitcoin? Bitcoin, that, remember that? Uh, Jay-Z's Bitcoin school met with scepticism in his former housing project. I don't have money, I don't have money to be losing. Um, so, the fantastically wealthy rapper Jay-Z has set up in the neighbourhood in which he grew up the Bitcoin Academy, which are a series of free financial literacy um, cases, uh, sorry, uh, financial literacy um, courses for local residents. Uh, and these have had a really mixed response because a lot of the local residents um, are thinking, well, in this economy, with everything being as expensive as it is, learning about Bitcoin now and stuff like that is a fool's errand. They don't have the money to invest. Mm. It's not the financial literacy skills that they want to be learning. I, I can understand that if it's all to do with, you know, being um, how to you know, manage your money as best as you can and, you know, all the skills that come along with that, like taxes and everything like that, that could be a really valuable thing to, the, um, to this community. But Bitcoin is, I mean, I like losing money in Bitcoin. I've only ever lost money in it. It's kind of a part-time hobby of mine. But it, it doesn't seem the most appropriate thing here. That being said, a lot of people made a lot of money. So if this can help these people in this kind of um, what I believe is a fairly impoverished community to make money, then it could be a great thing. I just think it's a very risky venture. Uh, yeah, so you've got Jay-Z, Sajila, advising on Bitcoin. Uh, what's next? Elton John advising on, I don't know, NFT? interest rates? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I ISIS? I mean, I, I, Cliff I, Richard I'm... thinks you should uh, go buy premium bonds. I know, I know. Well, Cliff Richard probably could do premium bonds and he probably is doing them. Um, I, I don't know. All I wrote on here was nothing to say on Bitcoin. I don't know anything about it apart from stop spanning, spamming my emails. It's all, they're always, there's loads of Bitcoin and yeah. also, you know, for like Viagra type things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get a lot of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All of those uh, emails are from me. Hmm? I won't take <laughs> Just call next time, Mark. You try to help someone, you try to improve their <laughs> life, and what do you get? <laughs> Welcome back to Headline as a first look at tomorrow's papers with me, Mark Dolan. Um, let's go to the mirror 
and forget the battle lines between boomers and millennials. Kate Bush is going to bridge the generational divide all on her own, Sajila. Oh, I love Kate Bush so much. Honestly, I model myself on Kate Bush. I love, love, love her. So she's got to number one for the first time in 44 years, thanks to Stranger Things hit on Netflix. Um, and Running Up That Hill is one of my all-time favourite tracks. I've even used it in one of my shows. Um, uh, originally, I can't believe this, released in 1985. Were you born around that time? Uh, a few years later. God, you're so young and beautiful. I think at that point, Mr. Kogan was romancing Mrs. Kogan. Mrs. Kogan, perhaps yeah. Perhaps it was the 80s, so a beef eater restaurant or a, uh, a Bernie Inn, perhaps. <laughs> Do you remember Bernie Inns? I remember the Bernie Inns. I think we probably went to a Bernie Inn before we went to see Kate Bush in concert, actually. And I was one of the very people that, when as Sharman Hughes, I love her forever for doing this, she got, had a spare ticket, so she took me a few years back. Wonderful comedian, Sharman yeah, Hughes. Yeah, yeah, Sharman Hughes. And basically... Kate Bush had just arrived on the stage and had done nothing, hadn't opened her mouth, and everybody gave her a standing ovation. She's amazing. So she's broken a rec three records. Um, uh, like basically, the, the same song in the charts comes back as it takes take, take the longest time to get to number one, um, and longest gap between the number ones, like Wuthering Heights 44 years ago. 44 years ago was uh, number one. And then she's also the oldest ever female in the charts at 63. Previously, that record was held by Cher with... Mm. That was actually better than Cher. Yeah. What's remarkable about Kate Bush is her remarkable dignity because she had this long, successful career and then she retired and just disappeared into oblivion. Mm and protects her privacy very aggressively, doesn't she? Yes, she does. So but she stepped out of the limelight. She stepped out, and I think it's for her son, because a lot, her son was really involved in that show, mm. um, to oh, sort of bring him into the thing. But yeah, oh my God, she's, she, she's a, a national treasure. But that's a cool way to do it, because it cool uh, all the others yeah. cling on for dear life. Yeah. The Rolling Stones, my hero Elton, uh, McCartney. I love Elton John too. Oh, of course, he's the best. Yeah. But, but they weren't, those boys ain't giving it up. Whereas no. Kate Bush is like, I've had my hits. I shall now leave the stage. Mm. She's bowed out. Yeah. Drops the mic. Drops the mic. Bit of a mic drop. Well, yes. look, I know, Sajili, you'll be doing that in a few years. <laughs> in a few years' time. But let's hope that will be a long time from now. Let's talk about Elon Musk. This run from Saturday's Guardian, Jonathan. Yes, so SpaceX employees fired after writing letter criticising Elon Musk. Um, so at least five employees were fired, uh, hopefully not into space, by private rocket <laughs> company SpaceX after drafting and circulating an open letter criticising founder Elon Musk and calling on executives at the startup to make the company's work culture more inclusive. Um, and this is according to two people familiar with the matter. So um, the SpaceX president, uh, Shotwell, said the company had investigated and terminated a number of employees involved with the letter for making staff feel uncomfortable, intimidated and bullied because the letter pressured them to sign something that they did that did not reflect their views. So it feels like there's been a real kind of um, heavy leaning on other colleagues to sign this letter, even if they didn't really want to. And they've made the staff feel kind of uncomfortable there. So maybe this wasn't a view shared by most people, but they were trying to push it through, and now they've been terminated. But isn't this a point that, that Elon Musk is a tough boss, he's a perfectionist, mm -hmm. he's a workaholic, and he expects high standards? How can these employees get together and criticise a company boss that founded this amazing mm. organisation that wouldn't exist without him? Who do they think they are, Sajila? Oh, they probably think that they deserve better, the better rights. Join a union, kids. They'll help you out. Um, and also, don't let the boss find out that you've been snitching on him. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst thing. <laughs> Have the affair, but don't get found out, is what French presidents always say. Saturday's Mail Now, and Catherine Ryan, the comedian, has been in the news this week. It's hard for women to navigate their way through 
this world, uh, especially the world of comedy, Sajila, and show business. OK, so Catherine Ryan, huge fan, massively talented, hugely funny, um, you know, one of uh, the best comedians out there you know, of our time, says that women in show business are in a constant state of uh, vigilance over the behaviour of predatory men. Now, um, she said she always has to consider whether it's safe to go and do a particular gig. Um, and she revealed that once she confronted a, a television colleague and accused him of being a sex pest, and I read it and I'm like, but who? Who was it? Because that's what you always want to know. Who was it? Who was it? I mean, I, I've got a, a short list. Jimmy Tarbuck. <laughs> Could it be? you got the short list. There was a short uh, list going around. Roy Walker from Catchphrase. Could be. Are these people all dead, by the way, Dan? No, I'm, I'm desperately thinking of alive people. <laughs> oh, well, I'm running um, out of alive comedians from the, um, the 70s. Can I just say, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, Could it goes... be one half of the Crankies? <laughs> Who good friends yeah, the of the show, one. good friends the of mine. One. The oh. little one, yeah, the little one, I reckon. Jeanette. Uh, no, I mean, it's obviously, there, there's a lot on there, um, but I'm just going to go from, like, years ago when I first started comedy and I was doing, like, you know, this is this is how, uh, it is a serious problem, yeah. and I did a gig for an open mic spot and basically I went to a party and what he did was he grabbed my boobadoos and just went honk, honk. <laughs> That's not right? a dead one. And I was so shocked and I was so like angry, but everyone was laughing. It was in, in company and other comedians. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to say anything. So anyway, we all stayed over the night. The, the party went on all night. And then he fell asleep in the kitchen floor and I saw him and I just saw red. And, but I didn't want him to know it was me. So I kicked him. I kicked him in the sex pest area mm. and and then I ran away. And shouted honk. And I ran away. No, no, I ran away. And to this day, he won't know that it was me until now. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh -huh. But yes, I think you can get your revenge in your way. But she does make a really valid point. Jimmy Tarbuck, if you're watching, I'd like to apologise for Sophia's <laughs> outrageous behaviour. We should get Jimmy Tarbuck on this show, by the way. Absolute comedy legend. Now, uh, let's move on to Saturday's Times. And California had some pretty revolutionary thoughts about how to deal with shoplifting. How has it worked out for them, Jonathan? It is the Wild West out there once again. So shoplifting lawlessness takes a deadly turn in California. Bit of a tragic story, I'm afraid. So Manny Huzar was shot dead by a thief in a Safeway store, and his killer is still at large. So the death of a supermarket worker at the hands of a thief in California has fueled anger over a law that critics claim effectively decriminalizes shoplifting. So there's a law uh, now across California, um, which is known as the Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act, says uh, it is at, it's, a, it's essentially to criminalize the theft of anything with a cumulative value lower than $950. So basically, it, it makes it a misdemeanor rather than, uh, I believe, a felony or whatever it is. Yeah. So you can essentially steal anything less than $950 effectively and not get in any kind of serious trouble whatsoever. So, yeah. I mean, you, you could get an Xbox and 10 games. You could you could really get a lot for that. But so you could go back three times and do three misdemeanors I think under nine hundred. If it's in a separate shopping mm -hmm. basket, you get away with it. If it's yeah. in the same basket, yeah. you get, get in trouble. I mean... I, I could totally do that at Lidl's. Do you know what I mean? But the problem is, with inflation, uh, what's that 900, 1,000 quid? That's three pints of milk and a loaf of bread, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe, Maybe some, that some, it with some cathedral city cheddar cheese. Oh, Throw that in and I'm... Which, by the way, is worth the money. It is the best, isn't it? My friend... And the extra strong, extra strong, when it goes... <laughs> with all the, all the juices oh, from I your mouth. I can't have the extra out. strong. I'm not that butch. Oh. <laughs> My friend used to shoplift cheese when we were travelling. It was terrible. Shoplift used to, cheese? Used to shoplift cheese, put it in his um, joggers, and this is in New Zealand, and uh, then we'd go <laughs> home, and then 
they would all eat the cheese and I wouldn't because I'm a moral person, but then I just ate the cheese. Anyway. No, 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 no. You didn't eat the cheese because it was down his pants. No, and we called it something which I can't say on television, something cheese, but we won't, won't say that. And uh, it gave us all nightmares, so we didn't do it after a while. But yeah, shoplifting cheese is it's a noble act, but I don't recommend it. Definitely not. Uh, let's move on now. This one is for our Liverpudlian friends, and it's from the Daily Star. A bicep fondling giant called... Aki Sajila, Aki, Aki Sajila, you are Sajila. Uh, a Kinwali aerobiki. Purple. Handed Aki. substantial paid out, apparently. <laughs> I almost said that name right, Mark. <laughs> One day. Um, um, so, yeah, this isn't a Scouse bodybuilder called, I'm going to not be able to do it the second time, a Kinwali aerobiki. Um, and I don't know who he is. Do you know who he is? Well, Mark, this six foot five bodybuilder, you said you could beat him up. Didn't you? That's what you said earlier in the agreement. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I said that in hushed tones. I wasn't expecting to publicly announce that on national TV. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Is, he really... is, he, is, he, is he in the green room now? He's, yeah. he's very, very big. So basically, he was, he was saying that the couple of uh, police officers were, like, targeting him. Mm. And because he'd been arrested previously, um, that if he'd got into trouble again, he would have got into real big trouble. Yeah. So he um, he was he accused them of, of like making his life hell, and he's that the, they've actually settled. The police have settled outside of court. Is that right, my learned colleague? Is that did I get that story I right? That I mixed up with something else. I, I stake my reputation on it. I'm okay. glad, <laughs> glad to hear it's been resolved. Uh, the Times once more, and if you're a fan of naughty license plates, a word of advice: do not move to the U.S. state of Maine. Jonathan, have you got a favourite number plate or license plate? Uh, what can I say? I don't want Ofcom up on my grill. Like this, this whole story is very... Kogan 1. Kogan 1. Um, I, think, I think my sister has something. Anyway, right, something like that. Okay, so Maine races to put brakes on obscene license plates. So here's uh, the government overstepping their bounds once again. So in a proposed rule to crack down on swearing on license plates, the state said it would seek to weed out slang terms, abbreviations, phonetic spellings, or mirror images of a word or term otherwise prohibited to catch drivers whose license plates look like swear words when seen in a rearview mirror. Uh, again, very off commie, all up on my grill every week. Is it, yeah, I mean, this is a minefield for you, this story, isn't it? It, it really is, really. I'm doing my very best to not say a sweary. Right, um, OK, so one lady, a lady called Mandy, wanted to buy the plate, uh, M-A-N-D-I, uh, but that was taken, so she actually ended up buying U-Hore, U-W-H-O-R-E. <laughs> Now I'm that was a, a well. That was a reference to Mean Girls. Um, what's a whore? A, what's a whore? <laughs> um, about one hundred and fifty dollars. Hey, oh no. Um, Nicely done. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, the only person who uh, actually took issue with it was her mother-in-law. So she must have been. What was on the number? Well six. done. Well, oh my! Well. My producer. He drives a. He drives a, a nice car. I think it's a, a VW. Mm-hmm. And and his is a P E N fifteen. He's got pen 15? Yeah. No, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was a game at school, you write pen 15. And knowing him intimately, he's the only person that could pull that number plate off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you didn't, Check yeah, out the video yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> Saturday's Mirror and some groundbreaking new research, Sajila. Some real groundbreaking. OK, so smacking children as physical punishment linked to mental health issues is in new research. This is really new. Research is this. Okay, so um, a study by uh, the Australian Catholic University uh, found that Catholic, okay, um, just a little bit of fellow, you're Catholic. Well, I'm a Catholic, and I think you could argue that traditional Catholics probably did give their kids a bit of a slap. Yeah, good good beatings, right? Because it's a traditional religion. It's a traditional religion. Well, I was given a few smacks when I was younger. I don't think it did me harm. 
I'm very happy. I'm I very think, half glass I think you full. you turned out very well. I turned out very well. But what about you? I wasn't <laughs> smacked <laughs> enough. You I became did. a... Yeah. Well, I mean, that can be remedied. But, <laughs> Sajila, what, uh, what about... What's your policy with, with your child? Oh, Son. see, this is, this is, oh, I can't admit to any, oh, but, you know, no, because my baby's lovely and gorgeous. He didn't need any smacking. He just needed the stare, the stare that we always got. I inherited from my mother, like, you just you wait till you get home stare. Yeah. I, I uh, didn't indulge in slapping my children, although I remember manhandling them if they did something dangerous, like running out in front of a car. Okay. So that they could, they would know that this was bad. So to physically grab them and go, don't do that, you know, sort of, so rather than a slap, mm. but certainly... A physical intervention that says this is bad. But I think every parent's done that, and it's actually it's after the event, and it's fear, like oh my god, you could have died. Yes, maybe it's and part it's, of yeah. But don't you think the kid remembers? Yeah, they do. They do. I think it they, they really terrifies them. The other thing I would say is that I, I'm not going to say that we should just go around slapping kids, but I'm not that comfortable, Sajili, with the state deciding what parents do with their kids within the law. Yeah. Mm. If you're not breaking the law and, and you should be allowed to brace up to your, your children. I had more of a problem with my school teacher when I was eight years old. She shook me so hard that I passed out and nobody wow. did anything. Well, no one did anything. You just spelled the word correctly. And my mum just said, say you must have been really naughty. And I said, no, I just asked a question. Yeah, that's really bad. If you're watching, if you, I don't think she'll be alive we still. We can't have that. No, well, she'd be struck off now. Yes, struck off. A riveting piece from Saturday's Guardian. I really try and sex this one up, Jonathan. Good luck. I do my very best. Uh, <clears throat> I am the dullest man in Britain. Oh. Riveting. My three ex-wives all found me dull, not in the bedroom, but in every other part of the house. Says a man who was labelled Anorak of the Year in 2018. So this is a man who is part of the, um, the Dull Men's Club. Sounds pretty good. Sounds like a... Well... Like a sort of vitamin group thing, the Doll Men's Club. I mean, look, we all need a place to belong. And if you're a doll guy and you want to be surrounded by a doll man, why not? We all need a place. Oh, sorry, you're still there. I'm, I'm part of the insult <laughs> community online. That's where I find my people. Maybe the Doll Men's Club is the next step up. I don't know. But this guy has got quite well known for making calendars about bridges. And he sold apparently 20,000 calendars worth of, of calendars, you could say. So, yeah, Guardian! What, what is this a bad news day? What is this? Sajila, do you not think, uh, with, with all of the men out there who are philandering and untrustworthy, do don't, I want a dull man? doesn't the modern woman crave a dull man? I don't crave... A, no, he's not that dull. He had three... Mind you, he's had three wives. Uh, it, it wasn't them, it was you. Uh, he's had three wives, so it couldn't have been that dull. He managed to attract three women, so he must have something attractive about him. Right. Um, I think you want a reliable, kind man, I think. Yeah. I want someone who's going to treat me mean, keep me keen. No, you would see when you, when I was young, I did like the sort of bad boys. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got to say, Sajila Kershaw's angry stares would be enough for me. <laughs> uh, let's move on to this topic: aliens, Sajila. Aliens. So um, I sent agents to see if there were aliens at Area Fifty One. And scientists tell me we are not alone, says Bill Clinton, who is now 75 years old. So it's interesting that this comes out now that he's gone, he believes in aliens are real and whatever, um, rather than telling us, you know, years ago. Um, and US officials have admitted that there are objects in the sky mm -hmm. which do mm -hmm. not, they do not understand, which are now more commonly called unidentified aerial phenomena. Yeah. Not UFOs. UFOs. I prefer the UFO. I don't know why that sounds. It's classic. Why it's change? It's classic. It? Why change? Why yeah. change? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm sick of these people just 
Why identifying as something different? I mean, had enough. It's, it's exactly. Why do you have to rebrand everything? I'm rebranding and stop it. I mean, I'd like to get Snickers. Yes, I was going to go with Snickers. Again. Oh, so think a great minds, yeah. isn't it? Or, or Starburst, which Opal used fruits? to be Opal Fruits. Opal, Opal Fruits, yes. But you weren't, you weren't around when... Uh, Not when... Marathon. No, no. well, you were, were you around for Opal Fruits? Just, just. But I can remember being two. I've got a weird... And Mrs, uh, Mrs Kogan was romancing Mrs Kogan when, when, a, when a Snickers was a marathon. Exactly. They met in uh, Area 51. And, uh, Bill Clinton. Spare us the gory details about how you were conceived. Yeah. Ariel fifty one will certainly do as a nickname. Um, have we got? Okay, we are we are we are pretty pretty tight for time. Let me thank my brilliant panel, Jonathan Cogan and Sajila Kershi. Thanks for listening to Headliners the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.